This is exactly right. Scotty. Curdy B. Are you ready for this one? I'm glad to see you. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a couple of weeks, and it's it's good to be back. It's good to be back. We haven't we haven't and we especially haven't done a solo app in a while. That's right. Let's get right into it. Hit me. Half the DNA on the New York City subway matches no known organism. Whoa, not surprising. Very good. That is bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, our non-binary folks out there, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoller. And I am Scotty Banana Boy number two, Landis. Thank you to all our Bananimals. We keep growing. It's word of mouth. Uh, it's, it, we just continue to keep growing. We love making bananas, so thank you to everyone who gets their friends at work hooked, their husbands, their partners, their wives, their kids. We... We appreciate the growth. We really, truly do. And yeah. I'll throw it out there right now, talking okay. about growth, that if you're in Los Angeles, yes, you sir. can come on down and see me, Curdy B, do an hour of stand-up comedy wow. on August 11th at the Dynasty Typewriter. Come on down. You'll see my, me run my new hour before I record it for television posterity. I'll be there 100%. How were all your shows? How were your Philly shows? Did the Bananimals show up in numbers or what? The bananas, the Bananimals were there in Philly. It was fantastic. There was Great news. Uh, someone dressed as a banana for one show. Great uh, news. Another show, just someone just calmly handed me a banana when I got Great on stage. News. I love Another this. one, someone 3D printed a banana, and then I signed the 3D printed banana. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That's and, why you got into comedy right there. Exactly. And then and they also requested that I sign it for Muse, so I also forged your signature. So I don't know if that's going to come back on you with a credit check. But wow, we have very different handwriting. You and I, our handwriting <laughs> could—we are more similar as people than our handwriting would suggest. Yes, different my species. handwriting for real. My handwriting looks like a like a crazed five-year-old on Adderall. Cool, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. I'm glad everybody's coming out. I'll definitely be at that Dynasty Typewriter show. I'm excited to hear your new hour. Not over Zoom, not over hot tubs on Zoom. So yeah, baby. pretty exciting. I went and got acupuncture today for the first time in my life. Wow, for what? For for doing something or for general nothing? wellness, general okay. health? I wanted to add a little. I wanted to switch it up now that nice. the grand reopening is in full effect, and um, I just felt like I'm liking what I'm doing. Drinking less, dieting more, all the good stuff that people do. But I was like, I want to give this a whirl, and I loved it. I'm hooked. Yeah. Oh, good. You? Oh, great. Now, maybe I'll go and check that out. I like that There's a idea. new one in Atwater. That's why. I was walking by a storefront like last week, and I was like, you know what? This is a sign. I'm eating a burrito. Today's the day. Oh, great. I can walk to that. I'll do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I used sir. to do acupuncture for my back. I like fucked up my back. Uh, when I was like 24, it was like, you know how like in, I don't know, for me at least, I had just never exercised, ever, ever, ever. And then like 25, yes, I sir. was surfing, it yep. was cold out, I did a turn, 
and uh, you know it was like you know November, so it was like pretty yes. cold. And uh, did one turn and then just fucked my back for like two straight weeks. Yeah. And uh, that was like when, and, but I had to do acupuncture. Acupuncture helps so much, like get it, yes. whatever it does. I get it flowing. Get those get energies flowing. flowing. So you started doing that specifically for lower back pain and it worked. I did that. And then I started like exercising. What and guy. then that was like for the first time in my life. And like when mm-hmm. you first start exercising, you just like drop a ton of weight. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is easy. And then you realize yeah. like that's just for when you did it for the first time. It doesn't yeah. do that every time. Yeah. yeah, those first seven pounds fall off like no sweat. <laughs> and then it's like half a pound a week for the rest of your life. And then you put it all back on. Um, yeah. I, when I was like 26 or 27, I sneezed and threw my back out. Same thing. Never yeah. worked out. Like I was an athlete in high school, never after that. And it was my first sort of co-show running position. <gasps> so I was doing, yeah. So I, I get out of the shower and I sneeze with a towel on, drop to my knee, Iron Man style. And um, couldn't stand up straight. Like, oh, I'd no. never... Oh, it was the worst pain in my life. So, I get... I To get dressed, I had to do this bend where I would, like, ru- like S my head to the left and then stand up sort of on my left leg more and then straighten up to my right leg. And so, I put my clothes on. Hurts the entire time. I get on the subway. I ride in the city. We drive out to Jersey. It's a show that was called... Uh, best man and the concept was two comedians male and female comics would hang out with the bridal uh, party and the groomsmen the week before and then roast them at the reception okay so pretty simple concept so i'm so the women are doing things that bridesmaids and whatever do so they did a zumba class they did a tarot card reading they did a like a a wine tasting night. Meanwhile, I'm standing behind the camera bent, <laughs> <laughs> bent in half, like with headset on, hand on my hip, like wincing in pain watching oh. these women do Roomba. The men are doing like their motorcycle club and all this dorky <laughs> shit. And the whole time, like every time I get out of the van, I just look like old man Cratchit, just like, here we go. <laughs> and if for a week, it was the most severe pain I've ever been in my life. And, uh, Ever since, I was like, I'm not letting this happen again, no matter yeah. what. I'll yeah. just never sneeze again. But it never was cool sneeze. to stand in a Zumba room and see your own reflection while strangers are Zumba-ing in front of you and to be like, I look like I'm a leering pervert right now. <laughs> also, I just do wonder, like, Zumba, does Zumba still exist? Like, there are those, like, those fads that come, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and then there must be, like, a core of people, though, who are like, we still Zumba. Like yep. there's, they have their thing. They like it. They found it, you know. And they st- and then there's just like one place in the tri-state area where you can Zumba. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Zumba's very popular, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. There was an escort service running out of one that made bananas <laughs> news a while ago. A guy was running as, uh, or there was a madam or something running it through her Zumba, and all these guys kept coming. And I think somebody was finally like, "I've never seen this many middle-aged men go to a Zumba <laughs> class. What's going on in that building? <laughs> Not bad. I missed out on it. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't move without crying." <laughs> uh, all right, you want to get into this story? Hit me. Half the DNA on the NYC subway matches no known organism. This Ugh. was sent in by Brenda Darcy. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda Darcy. It's on Gizmodo. Uh, I Sarah- have a Gizmodo story, too. Oh, this is a big day for Gizmodo. Sarah Zhang, or Zhang, wrote this uh, in mm-hmm. 2015, actually. 
Okay. All uh, right. The results of a massive new DNA sequencing project on the New York City subway have just been published. And, yep, there's a lot of bacteria God. on the subway. Though we know most of it Ugh. is harmless. What's really important, though, is what we don't know about it. Uh, it's called the Pathomap Project, which involves uh-huh. sampling turnstiles, benches, and Ugh. keypads at Ugh. 466 stations found... 15,152 life no. forms in total, half of which, <laughs> half of which were bacterial. Um, and the Wall Street Journal has created a fun, interactive microbiome map of the subway out of the data. That does apparently. sound fun. I I'm mean, laughing. the first the first fun thing the Wall Street <laughs> Journal's ever done. Hey, guys, let's get into this microbiome map. Uh, <laughs> and yep. so showing where the lines of bata- the Showing where on the lines the bacteria, quote, associated mm-hmm. with everything from mozzarella cheese okay. to staph infections was found. <laughs> um, so, but associated with is a pretty fuzzy term that runs up against the limits of science. So in the past yes. years, so basically this is where in the article, and I find that like the mod- so many articles we are sent yeah. suffer are. from this, the, 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 the catchy title and Blow the no the 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 f- in, totally false title. So yes. the the fact that there's half of the DNA sampled yes is no known organism. It is simply because we in 2015 had not sequenced the DNA of oh, all of the bacteria. In come the on. So it's just other bacteria that hasn't been sequenced probably, but there's a chance. Yeah, I wanted like sewer creatures. Yes. I wanted something coming out of the Gowanus Canal with like four noses on the back of its head that could smell its own butt. Do you know I pitched I was uh, I pitched a vice column because for a little while i wrote for vice cool i had a me and albertina rizzo had a sex advice column called hot dog and the lady bun (laughs) very good (laughs) and it was all it was all fake sex advice do you know what i mean like we would just make it up and um but while i was trying to pitch that i I pitched them another idea which would be me doing incredibly dangerous and stupid things um and the one I pitched them was uh, scuba diving the Guanas Canal. And so oh, we really? A, yeah, we had a guy, because I'm a certified scuba diver, and we had a guy look into it, and uh, the, he said, you could technically do it. You would have to be cool. completely decontaminated afterwards yes. with like a bleach bath. Yeah. Um, but he said that he honestly thought that it would uh, reduce my lifespan so that, that you really? would get insurance for it. Yes. <laughs> Wow, and so the advice wasn't going to pay for that. No, no, not at all. To reduce my lifespan of how much money I could be making the last five years of my life? Yeah. Remember that uh, dolphin that would always come up from Florida and go in the Guanas? The Guanas, for those people that don't know, it's in Brooklyn. It's like an old shipping canal. Some people still live on it. I've heard it was called like the Lavender Lake because this ink company used to just dump excess poisonous ink into it or something. Yep. But there was a dolphin named Mucky the Dolphin that they would keep tran. They would it would come up the Guanas and they're like, "You're going to die, Mucky. This is not good for you." Turn they around, take it back to Florida, and then the next year, here comes Mucky, just wanting more of that lavender action. 
It's a long time ago. Oh, man. Oh, but I believe it. The stuff that happened, I um, after oh, leaving wow. New York and going back after six years, riding the subway, like just touching the poles and stuff. When I was there, I didn't think about it as much because it was your day-to-day, no. three, four exactly. times a day. But going back, oh, baby, it is gross. <laughs> it is. The, fa- the subway was always so fascinating. I remember, so this must have been... I'm going to say 1999 or 2000 or sometime in early 2001 because it was definitely before 9-11. And okay. we got word. Yes, sir. I think Vadim Newquist, I will give credit where credit is due, oh, yeah, I told like me and I think John Daly and Brett Gelman and a bunch of other friends were just like, there's going to be an F train party. So come at, and be on like the Second Avenue platform at like 10 p.m. or something. Mm-hmm. And so we're on the Second Avenue platform, and there are, there's a thousand people on this platform. There's a marching band. You like walk into it, and I'd never experienced anything like this. Then the F train pulls in, and the doors open, and then everyone just gets on the train. And then it was a train wide party. There was a marching band that went from one end to the other, would just turn around and keep going back and forth. The people on the, they, I guess they had got on at like West 4th or something. Yeah. Like dozens of people and then decorated every car. They the taped orange Ugh. cellophane over yes. all the lights. So the whole thing was orange. And it was like themed That's with like so orange flowers. So everyone had orange flowers. People put orange flowers oh, yeah. stuck into places. And then it was just a crazy, insane party where everyone was just like dancing and chanting mm-hmm. uh, people started we started smoking in between the cars because at that you time remember, you could go in between cars yes it was a fun yeah. time people would was, pee between the subway cars while they be- were driving going home and yeah, it was I, it was awesome. so wild yeah it, it was, was cool wild. i definitely it did it i definitely peed that time because it was just like we were just drinking and then we get we pull into coney DNA. island Yes, sir. That's that DNA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and we pull into Coney Island, and then the doors open, and everyone, we're just like, what happens now? So it's like, whatever, it's about yeah. an hour, maybe an hour ride out to Coney Island on the F train. And we're like, well, what, what happens now? And then everyone just started, like a guy with a tuba was just like, follow me. <laughs> yes. And he's like, bump, 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 bump. And leads us like down the thing, down onto the beach where Love there are that. all these fire Ugh. twirlers. And, this, and then it was just like, people with party. Fi- and then we just partied on the beach until like five in the morning. Yep. It was like the one time where I was just like, God damn it, New York City. You did it. This is the reason I live here. Absolutely. I hope that stuff's still going on. My I God, really I hope that's too. still going on. But if anybody out there knows who organized the 19, between 1999 and 2001 F train party, because there were many other train parties we went on afterwards, yeah, but, but the F train ooh. party by far Yay. was the very best one. It was the best curated. No doubt it about it. It had the best music. Um, so we'll yeah. send them something. Let's send them a, uh, uh, you know, an, or- an orange crush. We'll send them something. We got to yes. commemorate it. Yeah, hundred percent. An orange taped to an orange crush with a face drawn on it. So it's a, a, hey. your own little guy. So do the work. Let's find this guy. Let's <laughs> let's get our gal. Our gal. Yeah. You never know these. It's probably days. a group. It's probably collective. Absolutely. Okay. You want one? I do. This was sent in by our homeboy Copy Haste. 
Copy yeah. Mace, we know he is just going for the world record. He's 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 coming up on being like Banana Boy number four. He's getting mm-hmm. close. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go to his co- – he's got that comic book shop on the west side. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Smart guy. <laughs> Smart guy steals $21 million worth of lunar rocks to have sex on the moon. Wait. Okay. <laughs> I like, right. and this is from sci-fi.com. Uh-huh. I don't think they had a writer, so we'll just say medium is in the biz. Yeah. Um, we don't know how he missed this story, but a few years ago, a NASA intern was convicted of moon rock theft. Specifically, wow. he stole moon rocks so he could have sex with his girlfriend on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get what he's going for here. In brief, a few years ago, Thad Roberts... Thad. Like I, Thad. It sounds like I panicked and just made that name up. What's yeah. your name, son? Thad Th- Th- Roberts. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon delivery person. Um, who was in love with his girlfriend of three weeks. And after three weeks, who isn't uh, in love? Three weeks. The passion. You both like sushi. Who knew? Um, At they three decide- weeks, is it e- are you guys even girlfriend, boyfriend? <laughs> you know, like that. Uh, that's amazing that they decided that that early on. All right. Are you even that bored in your relationship where you're like, well, yeah. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's three that- weeks in and I am bored of sex with you. Can we do it on the moon? Rock. Could it hurt more? Yeah. Let's lay on some. <laughs> let's lay on some stones. So, in a grand romantic gesture, he stole moon rocks so they could jam the rocks under their motel room mattress and have, quote, sex on the moon. Because Roberts <laughs> interned at NASA, he didn't have to go far for these moon rocks. All he had to do was circumvent NASA's security system in a heist worthy of Ocean's Eleven. Okay. <laughs> okay. Weird writing. Okay, sci-fi.com. Of course, things went wrong for our sexonaut. When he decided to sell the moon rocks on the internet, Thad, you moron. Oh, come on. That this is he could have destroyed it. So he's yes. You ruined it. You could have fucked on the moon rocks Mm -hmm. and then put them back. Yeah. Got to get greedy. And isn't that how all great heists heists get spoiled anyway? That's right. He gets greedy. That's right. In heist movies, it's the plan, the execution, and the escape. And you, the way you write those movies is you, you nail the execution the first time, you screw it up the second time, and then you completely fudge the ex- escape. And that's what our buddy Thad Horny Roberts did. <laughs> uh, he wasn't really a criminal, says Mesrick, who I don't know who that is. Uh, I, he didn't think it through after uh, the after effects through. I asked him a dozen times over the years, how did you think you were going to get away with this? And he said it was just part of the thought process he thought of it kind of like a college prank even if i do get caught what's the worst they can do to me what they did do to him was send him to federal prison for seven and a half years oh my god seven and a half years in federal prison for why because it's federal property or what why seven and a half years for taking some rocks because the moon rocks were worth 21 million dollars no no, they weren't oh he he said it they put it underneath their motel room bed yeah. He could have yep. bought the motel with one of them. <laughs> yes, quite easily. Quite. Oh, it's so like he. this is such an easy one to get away with. I, I like the initial concept and I yeah. like that he 
did the math. You can see the, the gerbil wheel turning in his head where he goes, wait a second, I can put those rocks under that crappy motel bed. I'm going to impress my maybe girlfriend of three weeks. Maybe she's going to be horrified. But, um, I yeah, I think it was a great idea that he absolutely did not deserve seven years in prison for. No. But trying to sell him is, like, so stupid. It's so stupid. Because guess what? Verified moon rocks? We all know they've got one supplier. <laughs> yeah. We and all it know. might be NASA. And it might be a government agency. There's no, there's no fooling anyone on that. Moon rocks don't just jump off the moon and fall to Earth. Did Maybe you ever go do. to one of those hotels that each room is decorated like a different, like the sort of like sex hotels where they're like, hey, this room is a jungle. This room is a, did you ever go to one of those? I went to the Madonna Inn, which is kind of, That's fun. It's, it's kind of like that, but not really. My buddy, uh, I will leave him nameless because his daughters might be listening to this podcast, <laughs> but a buddy of mine, uh, college friend, after college, he and his then girlfriend, now wife, uh, wanted to go to Japan. It was like a long dream of theirs to go to Japan, and they saved up all this money, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go to Tokyo, and they, they go uh, all around Japan, and they're having a wonderful time, and they had heard of this really cool hotel just outside the city that I think they had to take a taxi to, where every room is insanely decorated, like themed rooms, like one is an, one is an iceberg room, and everything looks like icebergs, one is a jungle room, one is everything's really big. So you have to check in by a certain time. So they get there by a certain time. They said they had to walk up this hill, and it's kind of the only hotel in sight. So they go in. They check in. They don't speak Japanese very well at all. And the person at the window did not speak English very well, but they are at all. So they just give them the credit card. They go in. They go in the room. It's like 7 p.m. They have a really fun, cool room. They have sex. And then they like don't really want to just watch Japanese TV. And they kind of got like a little weirded out. And they were just like, you know what? Let's just go back to the city. So they try to leave. <laughs> and their hotel room door is locked. And so they can't get it open. Wait. And so they're like knocking on the door. And they're trying different things. And they're like, this is so strange. Um, they call down. Nobody answers the phone. Then they yeah. call down again, and, and somebody answers speaking Japanese, and they're like, hi, we would just like to leave. We're in this room. Uh, we're on the third floor. Can you please? And the person says something in Japanese and hangs up, like, really quietly. Like, no, you can't. Very quietly, basically. So they start to panic. <laughs> they both have, like, simultaneous panic attacks. Of course. Because they, they are trapped in a <laughs> themed room. And this is a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, and it's like 10 p.m. at this point. So they can't even get out of this room. So they they consider jumping out of the third floor window. <laughs> so they go, let's get out of this third floor window. So they, they can't unlock it. It's not opening. Oh. They were like, do we pick up a chair and throw it out the window yeah. and then jump? Um, but then they were like, well, we're going to have to walk like a mile or two miles to the train station. So then they just stay awake watching Japanese game shows and news and chat shows all night long. And then in the morning at like 7 a.m., they just hear like click, click. And they go over and the doors open and they what? look down the halls and the halls are empty. And so they like run. They said they like ran down the stairs. The woman says like goodbye. They run out the door and they like get a, they get they walk to the train station. And when they got back, they talked to their friend. And apparently they're this type of hotel is like you go and it's where a lot of businessmen go to have affairs. And so they don't want 
to, you to run into anybody in the hallway of like when they're having their affair and they didn't know this. So once you're in the room after like 8 p.m., it's locked down until like the next morning, but they had no idea. Oh so they were just in this bizarro video game type world where they were like, let us out, not knowing when it was going to end. And then when it ended, there was nobody else in the floor, nobody in the lobby because it's one room at a time is let out so that you never have like you never see anybody and are so ashamed that you're oh you know with an, a sex worker or something like that. god holy shit that's insane it blew my mind and when i went to tokyo i was like walking around with Kristen, Kristen shaw and rich and i went and we were like looking at every storefront and there were some great names and each time i'm like god i wonder if we get trapped in th-. there was a business <laughs> called if Kristen and Rich are still listening out to their back room, there was a business that we walked by every day called 1,000 Sluts, and, <laughs> and it looked like a law firm. <laughs> it did not look like a brothel or something. It looked like a law firm. So, lost uh, in translation. That is so funny. I, that reminds me, someone just sent this thing in that I really wanted to post on the Instagram, but it's not yeah. factually correct. But Bummer. I looked it up. But it's, uh, you know how people have been doing those banana drawings where they, like, tap it and it, and it bruises? The, br- the yes. bruising drawing? How cool is that? Yeah. It's very cool. But this, uh, this one was, um, and, and I can't remember if it was Chinese or Japanese, um, but let's say it was Chinese. And okay. uh, it was saying the, or maybe, I don't know. I can't remember which Asian language it was, but they're the ones with symbols. And it was two symbols. It's one uh-huh. of the languages where it's two symbols for a penguin. Okay. And it said, uh, this symbol, the first symbol means business, and the second symbol means goose. (laughs) (laughs) Business goose. (laughs) Business goose for a penguin, which is so beautiful, and I wished it was true. And I looked it up. It's it's like, it's, uh, well, the last symbol is, the last character does mean goose, but, and the first symbol means like, the first part of the first symbol means like business enterprise, but then the next part of it essentially means like, um, uh, like, uh, t- tiptoeing feet, essentially. So it means even like funnier tip- tiptoeing foot goose <laughs> <laughs> on a banana. Yeah, on a banana. It's kind of, it's kind of great. Yeah, uh, I'll look it up like, and I'll post it. I saw Rob Anderson the other night and we were talking about money from strangers and the street games. And there was a game show that Kurt and I both worked on where on New York city, I think we talked about it in a couple episodes ago, but we would pay people, our host Jeff, I would walk up to people in the street and go, Hey, for $40, will you do this thing? That was totally absurd. It was great. But one of them, we walked up to this guy and we said, hey, will you get a tattoo for $100? And the guy goes, yeah, I'll get anything for $100. And we go, will you get Chinese lettering? And he goes, yeah. And Jeff's like, but I get to pick what it says. The guy's like, I don't care. So I called my friend Mark Wasserman, who who lived in China. I think Uh at the time he was living in Taipei, actually. But he can speak like so many dialects of Chinese. Uh, And I said, how do you say beef cannon? And he sent it to our lawyer. He, like, drew it. And then that guy got a tattoo that says beef cannon on his calf for $100. <laughs> and, he was, and it was the same thing. Mark was like, there's a couple different words for cannon. Like, do you mean, like, I was like, like a thing that shoots a cannonball, like a missile launcher? He goes, oh, okay. So somewhere in New York City, there's a guy walking around with beef cannon tattooed on his leg. Oh, uh, money well spent. Man, man, BC, 1985 Ugh. BC beef cannon. Thank God. The beef. Uh, let me send you. Let us send. Let me send us out to a break with one. How Tease that us. 
From immaculate conceptions to alien abduction, the five weirdest insurance policies. Oh, I like this. This is going to be, I like this kind of crap. Like Mary Hart's legs. I love it. More insurance dumb stuff on Bananas Podcasts. Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bananas. Just a reminder, please go and rate and review us. It means a lot on Apple Podcasts. Sure it really does. does matter to us. And uh, again, also, if you're in uh, Louisiana or Texas, I'll be in Lafayette, August 5th. I'll be in Houston, Texas, August 6th. 6th. And Bryan, Texas, August 7th. And of course, Los Angeles, August 11th. All of the ticket links are in our profile on our Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. DM us your strange yeah. news as well. I'm so proud of you, Kurt, because when we started this podcast, you just said, I need a podcast because I have to announce my stand-up <laughs> dates. And then we started it for that reason, right before quarantine, the great choir, and we you had zero dates. <laughs> and now you're back out there making them laugh all around the country. I couldn't but be happier for we you. We started it for that reason, but it, but it has become so much more, hasn't it, Scotty? It's completely different, and it's because of the benevolent overlords. Karen and Georgia gave us the support right off the bat, but it really was. Kurt said to me, like, I need a podcast to announce my stand-up date. Stand-up needs that. So we got together, and we said, I know what it can be, and Kurt named it Bananas, and look at us go. This is great, and the fact that everybody is continuing to support the podcast, we really, really, it's just like, I appreciate it every day, getting on that. Um, And we we still are responding to every single DM. Yes, for we're going to try to keep that going as long as possible. And I do have some, uh, we never really came up with a word for these, but I got some banana phone updates. I just want to say some shout outs. Yeah. Some, well, we, it's too late. We didn't think of a name and now it's going to end August 1st. <laughs> but thanks everybody's calling. It's been so fun catching up with everybody. Lauren Feeney, who listened to us during the hardest parts of her labor and now has a beautiful yes. baby girl. Congratulations, oh, congratulations, Lauren. Thanks for listening to us. That's very fun and cool. This one might be a week late, but Aaron Erdman, our our number five banana boy yep. um, from Page Roasting Company, has a birthday on July 1st. She sends in so many great stories for us and sent us coffee. So thank yes, you, thank Aaron. You, Aaron. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. She lives in Champaign, Illinois. Go to Page Roasting. Champaign, Illinois, the toast of the country. <laughs> if that's not their <laughs> slogan, then they're fucking idiots. The toast of the country. Uh, go to Page Roasting Company. Buy too much coffee. Let Aaron Erdman know the Banana Boy sent you. Um, sorry, I got two more, Curdy B. Yeah, please. Um, Jake and Abby in St. Louis. This is their two-year anniversary. They just, I think Abby was like, hey, let's do it. Uh, let's, let's get a shout-out. So congratulations. And... If you're on the road trip that you mentioned to me, absolutely Google like dumb roadside attractions. Take as many photos as you can. They make road trips worth it and have mm-hmm. fun. And lastly, our buddy Sam, who calls Banana Phone quite a bit and has sent us a bunch of stuff, wanted to recommend the Little Buddies Refuge in Philadelphia. That's at Little Buddies Refuge on Instagram. 
They are an animal shelter for guinea pigs. Whoa. Wow. Pretty cool. He That's he went and got two guinea pigs, but if you're if you're in Philly and you want to get yourself a pet and you're going to take good care of it, go to Little Buddy's Refuge and go get an adorable guinea pig. <sighs> Thank you, Sam. Thanks Who for everybody knew? for texting and calling. Who knew guinea pigs have a long enough lifespan to require shelter? That's amazing. Good for guinea pigs. Yes. You could tell me any lifespan for a guinea pig, and I would absolutely <laughs> I buy you. it. You yeah. could be like, Su- surprisingly, 50 years. <laughs> I'd be like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> and then and you'd you could go, be like, six days. You'd be like, yeah, really? I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. They're very small. Their hearts beat fast. It's all metabolism. It really is these days. Oh, buddy. Anything uh, else, or do we dive back into insurance for the stars? Oh, man. Well, no, we got to dive right back in. I, th- I was about Okey to say dokey. something, and I've lost it. It's gone away from me. Because uh, I needed to say that guinea pig thing. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From Immaculate Conceptions to Alien Abduction, the five weirdest insurance policies. This was sent in by Ian Harvey Yap. Yes. Uh, and this is from First Time. The first, I'm surprised. This is the first time we've ever had something from RT.com. Also, really? Is it the Russian Times? I don't know. It's a weird suspect uh, <laughs> a news source at the best it. of times. Yes. Uh, but it is interesting that a lot of mm-hmm. our, I guess it's not that interesting, that a lot it's of great me. weird news comes from like, kind of suspect news sources but uh yeah but i looked these up they are true okay well let's not say that i read they the might article be. i read the article <laughs> when i said i looked it up i mean i read the, the article on rt I, i'm fully invested at this point i'll go there to go. the bat for this any day of the week look i am sensitive right now scotty uh-huh. because i got duped i am the first we've been doing this for <laughs> A year and a half almost, and oh, yeah. I got Up. duped last episode we recorded yep. where I thought that the man falling on the amusement park ride 20,000 <laughs> times over the course of 48 hours was real oh. because, and I'll explain myself, it was on the CBC, and there was we'll no thing, there was no like tagline to say like this is... Because CBC, like, it's not like I was reading The Onion and just not knowing mm-hmm. that The Onion mm-hmm. was a satirical website. I pride myself on having a pretty good nose for when something's fake. And I usually, Great if nose. it seems a little bit fake, I'll, <laughs> I'll like, go and, like, <laughs> make sure it's real. I'll do but a Google myself. But it was on the myself. CBC. I just, tr- I just trusted these fucking Canadians. Yep. And I got we used screwed. To love them. Yeah, that's what happens. You trust a Canadian, you get screwed. It's, and now, it's time and time again. Over and over and over again. So I, I'm now suspicious of all Canadians. I went from loving them and loving everything about their country to suspicion. And just for those not familiar with what I'm talking about, they had a satirical radio oh show called This Is That. Yep. And uh, apparently CBC would put on their website... Artic- like things that looked like articles from this satirical radio show, but there's yep. really no, it doesn't say from this is that or anything like that. Um, it's, it's very it's like it's very a thief confusing. in the night, these Canadians. They steal our credibility. But that was the Megan Gailey episode, by the way, and she was a great yeah. guest. Go back and give it a re listen. Um, <clears throat> but if we do a candidate tour during the grand reopening, I want to ride that coast to coast train. 
Uh, they have apparently uh, they have a beautiful train, and yes. I want to go Vancouver yes, to yes, Nova yes, Scotia yes, 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 and whatever yes, yes, dumb yes, towns yes. we stop in in Calgary or I love Edmonton or what Saskatoon is that one? I want to uh. stop in these towns and play little rock venues, and then hop back on that train with you there and was- order salad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, salads and sazeracs. How's mm. how's about that? Ooh, Only the tour. whole way. Um, I I love trains so much. I would always take the New Jersey Transit from Penn Station down yes, down the coast to my home in Neptune, New Jersey. And oh yeah, for a long period of time in when I was living in New York City, I would sit when comedy wasn't going that great. I would sit and rack my mind like, what could I do anything else? And the only thing I could come up with was being a a, a train conductor. <laughs> You'd be great train conductor. Oh my gosh! Ah, I love it. I would love third it. career for you. That I know. Would be, after comedy, you could conduct at an old man's age. It's, yeah, right. You know, they'll have you. They'll have me. Get your All kids right. in college. You go conduct some trains. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Yes, sir. Uh, these are different. Uh, this is from three years ago. Uh, written by no one. Okay. Uh, thank you, RT. Um, Worst in the biz. So it just says some stuff. These are the most bizarre types of insurance ever made available on the market. Immaculate Conception Cover. In 2006, three sisters from Inverness, Scotland, were left reeling after their million-pound policy insuring themselves Uh against becoming mother to the second coming of Jesus Christ was withdrawn. Oh. (laughs) Essex-based British insurance had charged annual premiums of yes. around 100 pounds on a $1 million policy since 2000. Speaking to BBC at the time, Managing Director Simon Burgess said the cover had been meant to pay for the cost of bringing up a child in the case of a virgin birth, but the company chose Whoa. not to renew the policy after receiving a number of complaints from the Catholic Church and other Christian groups. I love that these three sisters were so convinced. Yeah. And also that they did not want to pay for no. the God, <laughs> that they nope. did believe that they might have the second Jesus, but that they did not want to pay for his shoes. You got to have belief, bud. I mean, that's what it's all about. These three, these three Catholic sisters just ready. <laughs> My goodness. That, that is amazing. How much was it? A million pounds? A M- million pounds. So that covered. Wow. That'll cover. So, that'll get you, get you some good shoes. That'll get you there. That'll get you some clogs. Um, another one: sensory insurance. Uh, London hmm. food critic in 1993. London food critic Egon Rone raised eyebrows by insuring his taste buds to the tune wow. of three hundred and ninety thousand dollars. At the time, yeah. Rone argued that being stripped of his sense of taste would be like a sculpture, a sculptor losing the use of his hands. Use um, your arms. It's not that hard. But then someone else took it to the next level in 2009, Gennaro Pelliccia, when he bought cover for his tongue, worth $13 million. For for, uh, pleasing people? Uh, (laughs) Is he a singer? Is he a singer? No, he is Costa Costa Coffee's chief taster. Gennaro Pelliccia. Oh, that's a good job. That would be a great job. You're the coffee taster? Wow, what yeah. a career. But you really have to know. You have to really. I mean, I yeah. yeah. You got to have an insured tongue. That's for sure. 
You got to know your tastes. I don't even know what I would insure. I have no idea what I would. Right now, like, you know, we live in wildfire country out here. The world, L.A. burns pretty much 300 days a year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, like, right now, if the hillside was on fire, I, I, have, I would, like, grab my passport and my laptop and be like, see ya. Like, I don't yeah. have anything here. Maybe that's just because I'm living a strange hermetic life. I don't know. But uh, I don't even know what... Like, I'm on my person? No idea what I would... No idea what I would insure. My fingers? I mean, your, yeah, your fingers, maybe. But, I mean, you can do voice to text if you need yes. to. You can have someone else type for you. Yeah, James Joyce did. Why not me when I'm writing my wiener <laughs> jokes and stabby stories? Apparently, he would write, like, at the end when he was writing Finnegan's Wake, he would write it... Like, he was almost, like, blind in bed, but he would have the person, like, write... Like in a giant word across within all of the meanings, like of each word that would like tap down. Yes. So it was like this weird, crazy thing. I don't know if that's true or not. I find it impossible to read. There was Mary a f- Hart in Shorter Legs, right? And then from Entertainment Tonight, it was like, that was the oh, first really? one I ever heard. And then I heard something. ZZ Top was offered a million dollars to shave their beards by Gillette in the 80s, and they refused. And then didn't JLo insure her butt? Wasn't that one? I think maybe it, that's not here. Not here. It's not, it's not according to RT.com, Scotty. Man, gosh. And those guys dig deep for their information. <laughs> no stone gets turned. <laughs> this is okay. So here's, here's another one good one. So, U.S. This is satellites and tacos. Okay. So, U.S. insurers offer coverage for falling objects, category that includes meteors and spacecraft. Thad. And space agencies, too, mm-hmm. can take out third party liability insurance to cover themselves in case their spacecraft causes that damage. That makes sense. And in March of 2001, the Russian government took out $200 million in insurance a few weeks before the Mir space station came crashing to Earth. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they were like, cool. were like, oh, it could very much happen. And then this is very, very smart on the part of Taco Bell. Uh, and this is when Taco Bell was kind of trying to really get in, like, being like the punk rock of... Of, uh, of, of fast I like brands. Taco Bell. People are always like, Taco Bell screws your stomach up. I'm like, I don't not me. So. Oh, no, yeah, I it's en- good. I do enjoy I it. I like it. Yes. Uh, Taco Bell promised, is so, so smart and so good. Taco Bell promised free taco to everyone in the United States if Mir hit a 40-foot target in the South Pacific Ocean. Uh, Whoa. Yes. The odds of the order hitting the target may have been minuscule, but the company still fed felt pressed into taking out insurance in the unlikely event it had to feed 280 million Americans for free. Dallas-based prize guarantor SCA Promotions provided the policy worth an estimated $10 million. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. I love it. I love it on every level. I love whoever thought up that for Taco Bell. Yes. Um, and I love that then you get the the dorks involved and you have to like then <laughs> fucking insure it for 10 million dollars a dumb idea the perfectly dumb idea of putting a 40-foot target in the pacific ocean there's like a key club and i for, it's in the midwest and vince avril every year uh, reaches out to me and they do a thing where as a fundraiser they put a junker car on the ice and then you yes. bet for yes. the hour the day and the hour that the ice will crack and the car will fall in and i've done it four years running they didn't do it last year vince and i were texting during the great choir like dude and he's like it's not happening i got my brother-in-law alex in on it it's so fun it's just a a junker car that this as a fundraiser i think it's like five dollars 
dollars or maybe it's twenty dollars. I don't even remember. But yeah. basically, you go. I think the ice is going to melt on March thirteenth at between three p.m. and four p.m. And then you win like I don't know five grand or whatever. It's the best fun. I love that kind of stuff. I love, I love it so it. much. That's so great. And then they just pull the car back out and use it again the next year. Yeah, I, that the light. I, that reminded me for some reason of something I, I truly have not thought about in 30 years. When I was a kid, uh, I, my best friend was named Kyle, and uh, um, we were in his backyard playing like lacrosse or wiffle ball or something. And you know how in the summer uh, it, on the East Coast there's like heat lightning or like a heat thunderstorm or a quick thunderstorm for like 40 minutes at like 4 p.m.? Ah, oh, miss him. I miss him. Yeah, but sometimes there's just heat lightning, which yeah. is it's super muggy, and it's that weird smell, that ozone smell in the air. And so we're playing in the backyard, and his mom, Marcy, is weed whacking in the front yard. And she, the a bolt of lightning hit the weed whacker. Oh, my God. That she was using, and she threw it over the house. So when it hit her, it jolted her body so hard that she threw it. And so we're in the backyard, and we just see a weed whacker (laughs) sailing through the air. And it just lands in the backyard. And then she was conscious. She she made it. I don't know if something grounded it or whatever, but she said she was weed whacking around the mailbox. And it hit the mailbox or the metal weed whacker. And it just went, and she just launched it into the air. So from our perspective... (laughs) We hear a crack and then a crazy sound and then just see a slightly bent weed whacker. And, oh, her hair was smoking. That, it was crazy. Whoa. But Kyle, I didn't even know what happened. Like Kyle ran around the house and she came back around and he's like, my mom just got hit by lightning. They're calling 911. Holy shit. That's so crazy. That's the insurance I want. Weed whacking <laughs> lightning insurance. I want to pay $1 a month. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's amazing. I had and completely forgotten that story. Wow. It is, what a day. I'll give you this last one. Are you ready? Yeah, then we got to get on to another story. Alien abduction liability. Okay. Uh, so this is Insurer's St. Lawrence Agency in Altamont Springs, Florida, of course, began selling alien abduction insurance in 1987 and at one point had amassed as many as how many how many global policyholders do you think mm-hmm. they had, Scotty? Global? Yep. How much was it? I'm sorry. What was the policy? Um, it doesn't say how much you had. It to was pay. just you was it was a ten million dollar. It was a ten million dollar policy. Uh, I would guess that three thousand people would do this. Five thousand policyholders. Wow! Wow! Five thousand people convinced enough that they were going to be abducted by aliens that took and paid money every month. Yeah. To, so that it wouldn't happen. How about them aliens? Let's see them aliens. Each ten million dollar policy came with a claim form. This is the best part. In <laughs> which the now. holder was asked to provide information about the aliens, its spacecraft, a description of the abduction, as well as some personal information. In order to claim the full value of the policy, they must also have provided the signature of an authorized alien. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and the company says it has paid two claimants. The victims wow. receive $1 per year for 10 million years or until they oh, die. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Even if this is all fake, I love this one very much. I know that made me think that it's fake, but all like that. Oh man, is this fake? If I get okay. duped again, if I get duped again, I don't know what I'm going to do, Scotty. I don't yeah, know what I'm going to do. It. But these all spurned 
They they spurred new stories, and that's what it's all about. I would I love that. Also, I have a new theory I want to try to sell yes. you on, so you can get on board. On. So all the UFOs and stuff going around, or whatever they're called, aerial objects, mm-hmm. um, uh, UAOs. I was listening to a little last podcast on left. I love Henry Zabrowski so so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my theory is all those things are aliens. But that aliens are stupid, that they're dumb. So aliens are like rednecks. Like, you can have a redneck, and they'll invent anything. They'll build a rocket in their backyard. They'll build a boat out of, like, a sofa and and put a motor on it and go down the river. I think the aliens are – I think we way overestimate aliens. And why would they be smarter than us? Like, there aren't that many smart people. Why do we think they're more intelligent? I think that they – create these things that go super fast and they don't know how to get off them and they don't know how to stop them and that they're not abducting us they're just showing up and whizzing around i call it dumb alien theory dat dat theory i'm gonna push this until we see them aliens but dat theory to me is that they're stupid and we're Uh, overestimating their intelligence i love that because i could go even further with it and that i like the idea that all of their technology just comes from generations before them. They yep. have completely forgotten how to use it. Yes. They don't know how to make it. They just have all of this <laughs> stuff lying around. And yes. they're like, we're going to go skip, the tr- <laughs> yes. skip on Earth's uh, uh, atmosphere. <laughs> yes. See how many times we can skip. Yeah. Yes, it's like when you're in an old home or hotel or building and there's like beautiful like stone masonry and woodworking and now it's just like vinyl siding, get it up as fast as you can, <laughs> the ceilings leak, the toilet wiggles. It's like, yes, their ancestors were geniuses. Exactly, yeah. And now they're stupid, just like us. And dumb alien theory, I'm, I'm going, I'm never believing anything but dumb alien theory unless I get abducted. I love it. My my theory always is is that they are uh they're just uh humans uh time traveling backwards into earth and trying not to be seen. That's yeah. what cuz they don't want to fuck shit up too much. But good um, segue. Good segue oh, for me. Yes. Uh, one of the great segues cuz our buddy our best friend in the whole world Jeff Bezos is going into outer space, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's taking his brother on that phallic-shaped rocket ship and, and one idiot that paid $28 million. So have fun wow. up there, guys. Wow. Okay. Smell you later. So here's another one. Thousands have signed an online petition for Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, man. man. This was uh, sent in by a lot of bananimals. It was sent in in various forms because it's been good. The petition keeps growing and it Uh keeps changing. So this was the most up-to-date one. It was written by Jody Serrano at Gizmodo. Okay. Jody Serrano, you're the best in the biz. She is the best, or he's the best, but they're the best. that's right. They're the best. I'm sending in by Dave 31 Uh, Thank you so much, Dave 31 Okay, for some bizarre reason, thousands of people want Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) To clarify, the Mona Lisa in question is not food. It is the same Mona Lisa you're thinking of, the painting by Leonardo da Vinci that lives in the Louvre Uh. in Paris. 
Earlier this week, an online petition for Bezos to buy and eat the famous painting suddenly started picking up traction. The funny uh. thing is, it isn't even new. It started a year ago by a Maryland musician named Kane Powell. Powell told Vice that he and his friends were at an Applebee's talking about Bezos. And given uh, Amazon was in the news at the time, he said he should, quote, just because he has the money to do it. <laughs> it should make a statement, he said. However, Powell and his friends weren't done. Powell said that not only should Bezos buy the painting, but he should eat it too. And when asked why he recommended Bezos eat the painting, he gave the simple answer. I honestly don't know. <laughs> Which is the best kind of bullshit. That is so um, good. So he creates this petition. It's up to, as of today, I just checked it before the pod, 13,541 people have signed <laughs> it. But animals go sign it. It's on change.org. Uh, nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa, it says. <laughs> and we feel... <laughs> it's literally just, it's Mad Libs. Do you know what I mean? It's just yes. swapping in words. We okay. need, And we feel Jeff Bezos needs... <laughs> to take a stand and make this happen. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. As crazy as it seems, there are now people talking about could it actually happen? Meaning, could Bezos buy them and eat the Mona Lisa? And he could. Because being the richest man in the world, the money appears to be the easiest part. It's yeah. not that they can put a price on the painting, even though many have tried. Last year, French tech CEO Stefan Distinguine suggested it could be sold for sixty billion. Wow! The Mona Lisa for sixty. I mean, that's just absurd. It's, it's just insane. absurd. It's insane. Um, but he said because Bezos's personal worth right now is over two hundred billion that he could afford to buy it. And then it goes into some details about how the paint will probably kill him <laughs> because of the paint used. Thumbs up, right? But anybody, uh, go to the petition, sign up in animals if you have five minutes and you're bored at work. Let's try to get Jeff Bezos to buy and eat the Mona Lisa. I, I support do, this wholeheartedly. I love, I love the internet prank um, petitions that involve eating. There is like a weird subgenre because yeah. I mean, like one of the most famous ones that started it was what Smash, smash Mouth meat, eat all the eggs. <laughs> It was Smash Mouth Eat the Egg, I think. But it might have been all no, the I eggs. No, it was Smash Mouth Eat All the Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> By Fart, right? At Fart did that? I think so, yeah. yeah. And so they want, it was just like, I think it, it was like, it read almost like gibberish where it's like, we need Smash Mouth to eat all the eggs. And yes. then it got so many millions of signatures. On Twitter, right. Smash Mouth actually did it. They ate. Like uh, it, it two was dozen eggs singer, or something. Yeah, it was the and lead he did it for charity. Smash Mouth. Yeah, yeah, those bozos. And then they had to eat fifty hard boiled eggs or something <laughs> like that. It was the best. Smash Mouth eat all the eggs. Classic <laughs> online crap. I love that one so much. Classic. Uh, I for one would like to look at the Mona Lisa once before uh, Jeff Bezos <laughs> consumes it. What yeah. I, I mean, it would be such an it, indictment of of late of late stage capitalism if Jeff Bezos I mean almost for that reason alone it's worth it because that's the Nero fiddles while Rome burns of our current time that would be kind of perfect yeah. capper to this uh to this existence here yeah what if he took the Mona Lisa to space and ate it in space <laughs> I mean would there ever be a better news story I mean it would that would completely alter history as we know it it would if he if they built like a special spacesuit for him 
and because I I don't want them just in space. I want them to be doing a an a, a, a space walk. So yeah. then they have a special box that the Mona yeah. Lisa painting is in, like a pizza and box, it, and like a pizza box, but it has to dock. With the spacesuit at the mouth oh, opening, do you know what I mean? Yes. And then he would slowly roll it into his mouth, chewing yes. slowly. I love um, that for him. Yes, I love that for him. I love that for the <laughs> richest man in the history of the world. I love that he would spacewalk, open a pizza box, and then consume the most expensive <laughs> piece of art in the world. And it means nothing. And, it and means all of us nothing. would just have to go. He can do it, and he could do it again. What's yes. next? There what it will is. He next. Uh, the, and I remember, do you remember this, Scotty? So oh, when, boy. So we were, we, uh, we, we've been trying to do bananas. You know, we, I came up with the idea for bananas way before we actually started recording what you're listening to. Correct. And so for like a year, while mm-hmm. we were kind of like negotiating and stuff, we started recording episodes, but we would record them. Our choice was to record them oh. in like unique places. Yes. So one of our first ones that we recorded was at Shakey's Pizza. Yes. And we so recorded you just an hear like <laughs> ding, 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 bing, 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 like in the background, children screaming. And one of the stories I did, which was Bezos. I don't know if people know this. I forgot I, this. Uh, Bezos is creating. A 15,000-year clock, clock inside a remember. mountain. So yes. he bought a mountain, and they're hollowing out the inside of the mountain so he can make a pendulum clock, like a grandfather clock. And his hope is that when, after humanity doesn't exist because he's eating paintings of the Mona Lisa yeah. in space. Yes, when aliens come, they'll find a, a, a clock that's still running and know that, like, there was some people who had enough money to build a 15,000-year clock inside a mountain. Cool. What a legacy. I mean, I legacy. think we can beat that legacy. I think he needs <laughs> just uh, a gif of him just chewing the Mona Lisa's <laughs> head over and over while you look at that clock so future dumb aliens can be like, boy, they were even dumber than we were. <laughs> Uh, we only have a couple minutes left, Scotty. Should I give you one to, to, to tease you on our give way out? Give us a teaser out. And Bananimals keep sending us stories for the minisodes. We're, we're doing two minisodes a month. Thank you for all the emails and DMs and everything. Thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. Thebananaspodcast on Instagram. Go ahead, Curdy B. Yeah. Lithuanian man designed euthanasia coaster to humanely take the life of a human being. Yep. Sign me up. I'll do it. Is I know, right? This was sent in by Lindsay Heiler, H-I-L-E-R. It is on Penn Live. Penn Live comes through with a lot of weird stories. I went to high school with Lindsay, and I like Lindsay back then. I like Lindsay even more right now. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Look at that. Well, hello, Lindsay. Yep. Uh, This was posted June 7th, 2021, written by Claudia DeMuro. Some also know her as... The Best in the Biz. A Lithuanian man came up with an idea for a euthanasia coaster, the purpose of which (laughs) is to take the lives of its riders. Designer... Julia Jonas Urbanos. <laughs> Beautiful name. Thank you so much. Even drew Beautiful. up the plans for the fatal theme park attraction in 2010, calling it a hypothetic death machine in the form of a roller coaster engineered to humanely, with elegance and euphoria, Seems take chill. the life of a human being. Oh, God. Uh, so I'm pro the- euthanasia. I am pro, I am, after I went through it with my mom, you know, my mom, at the end of her life, she was in hospice, she had liver cancer, she wanted it done, and, uh, 
and I was not allowed to give her what she wanted. Uh, and it broke my heart. So if I could, yep. if she could get on a roller coaster, my goodness. Oh, funny um, sunglasses, a whirly bird <laughs> hat, a cotton candy and a funnel cake. Just go for it. A last ride. Uh, so here it is. It is capable of holding up to 24 passengers. Once oh they're boy. all on board, there's a slow ascent to the top, which is 510 feet in the air, uh, which is a little bit smaller than the tallest building in America. Okay. Once it's at the top, it gives everyone the decision to stop and go back down safely. After that, everyone has to manually press a button to start the ride. Okay? So no one's dying by accident here. Uh, from there on Classy. out, those... The classy, those left riding the euthanasia coaster experience a drop at a speed of roughly 223 miles per hour, going wow. through several loops that get smaller and smaller in size. Oh, I see. In the end, the speed and design of the roller coaster would cause riders to lose consciousness and then eventually pass away from lack of oxygen going to their brains. Okay. There's a biomonitoring suit that the passenger wears. Double check yes. that there's no read for, need for a second round. Uh, and yeah, it does seem like the best way to do it. Uh, is I'm not even going to say it. Oh, I'm not <laughs> even going to say it. I'll say it. Is there a camera on the first drop? Do they? Can the family buy the photo on the first on the I drop? Would, I would want that. I yes. would want that. As okay, a, good. As, as a family member, as as a son of of a woman who died in you know in her in her bed at home. Yeah. I would want a picture of my mom both arms yeah, making up, a like, face, yeah! looking bored, pretending to be asleep, like yes. all the funny things you can do. Yeah. And then the family stands below and then you look and you're like, we're a B13. We would like that one, please. They're like, would you like wallet size? Would you like eight by 10? I want it. I would want it. I would want it. I want it for so, me. I know that. I want it for me, too. I would be. Oh, it would be amazing. I would just have. Yes, I hope when I'm ready to go, I would love to hop on board. I'll push that button as soon as I get up there, and then I'm going to have some bits going. I'm going to yes. have some bits. Scotty, I mean, like, that's what you need to do. You need to buy enough land and then build yes, it sir. yourself. Fine. Get enough money, sell a couple more movies, have enough money to make this, and then we'll, this how we'll all go. Beautiful. Well, Curdy, we did it again. Great Thank one to go so out much. on. Wonderful. What a, what a treat. Um, thank you, Katie Levine. Thank you to our wonderful intern, Lisa Magid. And thank you to everybody who's been checking out our merch and listening to the podcast. We love you very much. Banana. Banana. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 